Michael Show. Great day today in uh, regards of discussion. A lot of different opinions, and I get it. I respect it. Uh, the erosion of the excuses uh, to allow bad behavior is still to this day amazes me. But uh, that's why we have talk shows and have opinions and such. So I, I get it. Hey, this portion of the program, by the way, one thing we can all agree on is a great company called Quick Trip right here in our own backyard. They've got take-home meals. And uh, all you got to do, you could win a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Purchase a Quick Trip take-home meal or a 20-ounce Coke product or a smart water. And you can earn some extra scratches. And if you want to earn even more chances to play, make it a combo. Bring home a freshly prepared take-home meal with a refreshing Coke, that smart water. You can just pair it all up. Scratch and be entered for a chance to win a Chevy Tahoe and Quick Trip's reward app today. Download the app. If you don't have it, uh, I go in there. As a matter of fact, I went in there yesterday, filled up with gas, and uh, I was craving something chocolate. They got these brownies with Snickers on top. I know it's like chocolate decadence, but I grabbed one. But uh, And Kristen loves the, the cheeseburgers. Oh, my God, the cheeseburgers are so good. But because I do at the pump, I type in my, my number all the time. And I get the I get the quick rewards. So when we went to to buy the the brownie and the the burger, the burger was free. Hey, free burger, man! Tastes even better. Good stuff. Good stuff. So I would uh, by all means stop into our friends at Quick Trip and check it out. And plus, if you can win yourself a Chevy Tahoe along the way, why the hell not? That's good stuff. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Juwan Howard yesterday. Throws a punch slash slap. People are also, well, it was a slap. It wasn't a punch. Did you watch his hand before and after? Did you watch it? He had a consciousness to do that. Watch it. Also, does it matter? That's just it. Does it really matter? I don't think it does. Yep. I, I completely agree. Completely agree. So... You know, and again, people want to make excuses for it. The bottom line is it's a head coach who went after someone. You cannot allow it. I don't know why people are making so many excuses for bad behavior. Why? I, I Explain to me why. So when they say, I don't feel like he should be losing his job over one bad incident. Okay, so what level of egregiousness has to happen for a coach to lose his job? That's what I don't understand. That that's that's most the most baffling thing to me. Well, he can do this, but he can't do that. Okay. So again, I ask, okay, suppose he does throw the hand out and instead of hitting Kravenhoff, somebody bumps his hand and it hits Davis or it hits Chucky Hepburn or somebody else. Then he touches a player, but he didn't mean to. Should we do we make an exception for that? The bottom line is, if you don't throw the punch, nothing happens. Nothing happens. You walk away. If you don't throw the punch, the rest of your players don't become involved in that. You walk away. But the fact that he did, and everything ensued after the fact, he should be fired. You just can't condone it. I don't care if it was one bad act of stupidity. We hear about this all the time was only one time it was just a moment in time he lost his head sorry 
there's a lot of people out there putting put in pressure situations in many different areas of life that don't haul off and start slugging people. Sorry, it just doesn't happen. You can't do it as a leader of uh, of young men. You can't do it. Period. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um. This one, the email, it got a couple emails, as a matter of fact, here. Um, David says, uh, how soon before we uh, actually start hearing about race, which we already have. Uh, I brought that up a little while ago, that in The Blaze, there is a uh, an article by Jason Whitlock that states specifically that, that it gets into the racial aspect of this. Uh, Steve says, good day, Bill. I couldn't agree with you more about Juwan Howard being fired. It's ironic that you mentioned Woody Hayes. I was thinking the exact same thing yesterday. This is not the first issue with him, and if it, if I was a Michigan fan or alum, I would be uh, thoroughly embarrassed and outraged. If I was the AD at Michigan, I would be telling Juwan not to let the door hit him in the ass on the way out. Uh, if Howard was upset that Greg Gard called a timeout at that point in the game, then he shouldn't have been in a full-court press. If he was coaching hard until the end, why is he then faulting guard? Which is a great point. 100%. Great point. I That I get. And that goes back to what you stated, Joe, or uh, Ben, when you say that Jawan Howard has done the exact same thing in calling timeouts against opponents when the game was clearly over as time wound down. Multiple times. It's, it's the, hypo- it's the hypocrisy week. of us all. Yeah. Yep. I and completely agree. I mean, that brings up another discussion of the unwritten rules of basketball, right? Like, if right. you have a walk-on guy in, there's 10 seconds left in the game, he's never scored in college, and he shoots a three, and he makes it, and the game's already over. In the past, that's made other coaches really mad. Then they go to the handshake line, they say something, they move on. But it's the whole unwritten rules thing, which I don't know. Right. If Juwan Howard was coaching to the end when the game was over, then Greg Gard should too. And I completely agree. One hundred percent. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Anthony uh, gives us a shout over in the email inbox, and he says, uh, "Watch every day on YouTube." Uh, I have finally subscribed and enjoy getting it delivered to my phone. Uh, I drives a truck for a living, said I don't watch it, but I listen to it. I plug it in through the Bluetooth in the speakers. He said, "I think Jawan Howard needs to be fired. What Greg Gard did by grabbing him is probably going to land him with a one or two game suspension." Hopefully it doesn't count uh, against him as the season winds down um, against some of the tougher oh, against some of the tougher opponents that the Badgers are going to have to face. Uh, take it like a man, move on. Uh, Greg Gard has had a tremendous season. Don't let this define his season or who he is. Which I that I completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, Dennis says this was one hundred percent on classless Howard. Uh, then he lies in his post-game presser when you're down double digits with just seconds to play and tell your players to back off and let the other team dribble out uh, the clock. Instead, the jerk pressured. Guard rightly called the timeout uh, to teach his younger guys uh, the ability to get out of to get out of the press. The jerk pressed. Guard called the timeout. Uh, the bench players... How, uh, Howard's classless. If Howard had let the Badgers dribble out the clock, as 99% of the coaches would have, uh, then this never happens. Howard was mouthing off to guard as he approached him. Guard tried to explain to him, uh, explain himself to Howard, and he, Howard went berserk. He says he had to fight back after guard touched him. 
Well, what a punk. It deserves to be suspended for the rest of the season. Michigan should fire him. Poor gamesmanship during and after the game. A total embarrassment for the coaching profession. And uh, there you go. Got a lot of people chiming in on this. Thanks to everybody over in the Bud Light live stream for getting to it. I can go on and on. Uh, I think both coaches' excuses are really lame. Guard excuses calling a timeout uh, was lame as Howard for pressing with 15 seconds left. Guard shouldn't have tried to stop him in the line. But the bottom line is you can't throw a punch. He should be fired. And that's from Dave. I... I'm trying to look at it that way. You're bl- you're saying, I said, look, as Juwan Howard was passing by, I appreciate the fact that Greg Gard, to a man, wanted to say, hey, wait a minute. Okay? When Howard got agitated, Gard, I give credit to Gard. Gard tried to express himself and then ended up, you know, as the, as the thing got crazy, he ended up leaving and walking away. He ended up leaving and walking away. Guard did not get in the fray, and it was ultimately Krabenhoff that took the open hand punch, if you will. So I, it's something will happen to Guard because he grabbed him by the elbow. But for Howard to say he felt threatened, come on. I mean, come on, Juwan Howard, man. It's just he doubled down in his postgame presser. For that alone, he should be suspended for the rest of the season for the actual incident of open-handed punching, slapping, whatever you want to call it. But he reached out and, and hit another and hit an opponent, hit another coach. He should be fired. Come on, Bill. I saw a tweet that said this is the most angry Howard's been at a timeout since Chris Webber. Right? <laughs> Which is said if anybody should be mad about calling timeout, he should be mad at Chris Weber. I agree with you. Uh, Tidbit 59 says Aaron Rodgers supposedly said that he would tell us his decision tomorrow on the Pat McAfee show. I know uh, that you mentioned this last also. wonder if this is going to really happen. I don't know. I don't know. I, my assumption is that uh, if he does make a statement, it's probably – going to come out uh, on the McAfee show. So I would assume that that's where we're going to hear it. We'll wait and see. But I, I've, I kind of got the sense that that would happen. And especially after Tom Clements was hired, we'll find out tomorrow about Devonte Adams. Devonte's going to know what's going on. So Aaron will have time to uh, have chatted with Devonte. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't, uh, Tomorrow is going to be a big day in regards to Pat McAfee. We shall see if it actually comes to fruition. Hey, uh, yesterday, I got to say thanks to uh, to everybody down at the Nice Ash. We got back into town. Over the weekend, went to Four Seasons Island Resort and had a great time. And I, had, uh, Ben, remember on Friday's show, I said we're going up north, and I said I hope that Marvin and the Martian were playing? Yes. They were playing. So I'm coming down the stairs going into the Boundary Waters Bar and Grill at Four Seasons, and you can hear it. They're singing. It's it's a little weird. It's it just they're great guys. They're fun, but they're they're just so goofy. They're great. It's it's just a it's like the seventies puked and they came out. <laughs> it's just they're great guys, and we had such a fun time Friday night. And then they did a big karaoke thing on Saturday. Did a wine tasting. Went into town. Went to uh, Greenleafs. Um, Sports Bar and Grill, 
and then went over to uh, Sol, Solo Blue or Soul Blue uh, and uh, did a little margarita over there and just had a great time in town and uh, ended up coming back. But then, so I recommend Four Seasons on the Resort, uh, especially if you're into snowmobiling right now. They got a ton of pack up there. Holy mackerel. We barely made it. By the way, how was it uh, in Madison though, with the snow squall over the weekend? It was Friday? cold. It was crazy windy. It was. We went. We were coming across the Frigo Bridge in Green Bay, and as we made the turn to go north, you couldn't see anymore. It was whiteout. I. It would normally is like a three-hour drive. Ended up being about a four and a half-hour drive. We drove for I don't know how many miles, like twenty-something miles, maybe twenty miles an hour. You just couldn't see. The road was gone, and it was icy. It got icy first, where the brine and everything that they had put on the way, it took over, and the snow melted, and then the, the air hit it, and it froze. So we were sliding, and then finally the salt truck went in front of us, and I just got behind the salt truck and a bunch of other cars. And um, we ended up just kind of just guiding our way up there, but it took us an hour and a half, two hours from Green Bay to get there. It was like maddening. So Four Seasons Island Resort, great place, highly recommended. But, uh, yeah, it took us a while to get there. We had a lot of fun. So, And then we ended up at uh, Nice Ash Cigar Bar yesterday to watch the uh, end of the race and just kind of kick back and take it easy. So got out and got a good time over the weekend. Hey, Andy Herman, the Pack-A-Day Podcast, going to join us. Coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michael Show continues on as, uh, as we continue on. And um, talking a little Packers football as we get away from the Juwan Howard discussion just for a brief period of time, and we get into our buddy Andy Herman from the Pack-A-Day podcast now joining us on the hotline. Andy, how you doing? Hey, Bill. I'm doing great. Always great talking with you. Um, well, let me ask you right out of the shoot. Uh, I have kind of changed my attitude. I thought in the in the beginning, no way you franchise Devontae Adams. He's going to be pissed off. Uh, you saw what happened to Chris Godwin. And an angry Devontae Adams is not going to bode well for a uh, a happy, harmonious Aaron Rodgers. And now I'm thinking, you know what? Yeah, if you can't come to a deal right away, franchise tag him and then work out a longer-term deal as things begin to kind of matriculate and you find out what your salary cap is over the next few years and you're able to do that. So tomorrow, do we expect the franchise tag to be labeled uh, upon Devontae Adams? Yeah, I think this is such an interesting question. Of all, of all the things that are going on this offseason, from Devondre Campbell to Aaron Rodgers to just about everyone else, I think Devontae is maybe the most interesting of everything because, A, how much is he attached at the hip to Aaron Rodgers? Is it, a, is it basically a, a double or nothing deal where it's either Rodgers and Adams or you're, both of them are gone, either they're both staying or they're both gone? I think that's probably the first thing. Does Adams have any interest in being Green Bay if, if Rodgers isn't there? And does Rodgers have any interest in being in Green Bay if Adams isn't there? So that sort of changes the calculus first and foremost is, is it basically a two-for-one deal? Um, and then if Rodgers is, in fact, coming back, which as of today I sort of expect, although I you know feel like that could change at any given moment, um, you know, do you want to put a potential franchise tag on Devontae Adams, maybe make him upset in the process? But I, I think as you're sort of mentioning, and I, I'm mostly in lockstep with you, Bill, 
I do think that as a part of the negotiation, if you want to bring Devontae Adams back this season, um, I do think that it's a tool that you probably need to use uh, that's in your arsenal. Uh, the salary cap situation gets very tricky very fast, especially if um, trying to figure out Rodgers and Adams on a franchise tag, et cetera. But I do think if you want both of those players back, that's probably the best way. And not to get into too much of the minutia, but the DeAndre Hopkins deal just made everything so complicated because what Arizona did with extending him um, and, and basically making it seem like it was a deal that was $5 million more per season than sort of what it was, I know Devontae and his agents are going to want the max of that and say, hey, we want to be the top wide receiver paid in football. If you remember, Brian Dudekins basically said, we agree, we want to make him the highest paid uh, wide receiver in football, but the difference in how you interpret uh, Hopkins' contract is a massive difference in the amount that you're paying him, not only this season, but for the length of the contract. So I think potentially using the franchise tag maybe eases that a little bit and allows you to find a middle ground a little bit easier. Do you think... Devondre Hopkins ends up being a Green Bay Packer. I mean, I know that uh, there's conflicting reports right now about whether or not a deal will or will not be reached, or Devondre Campbell, I should say. Do you think that Devondre Campbell ends up being a Green Bay Packer long-term for one year or the price tag for what he earned this particular season uh, just makes him too, too high a price? They just can't afford him anymore. Yeah, and again, these these sort of all have a domino effect, right? Because if Rodgers isn't back, how much does Green Bay want to go through a rebuild? If Rodgers isn't back, does that mean Adams isn't back, which means you actually have more salary cap, salary cap space at your disposal to potentially maybe build the defense up and bring back a Razul Douglas and a Devondre Campbell? Or is it the opposite? If, if Adams and Rodgers are back, does it make you want to go all in that much more and try to mortgage more of the future to bring back a Devondre Campbell? I think the interesting thing with Campbell is his window, right? Like he's going to be 29 this upcoming season. And if you're running it back with Rodgers and Adams and everyone else, it makes a ton of sense to try to bring him back either on a maybe two, three-year deal or if you can get him back on a one-year contract uh, with maybe some void years so you can kind of split the cost uh, amongst a bunch of seasons. Um, but um, if all of a sudden you realize that Rodgers and Adams and the rest of the crew are not coming back and you're going in a different direction, well, your next championship window is going to be not open until, you know, Devondre's far past his prime probably at that point. So does it really make a ton of sense to bring him back on a one to three year contract? So um, as of things stand today, I think they want to get something done. Um, there was a report by Bill Huber in Sports Illustrated that, you know, his agent mentioned that the Packers have um, made it known that they're interested in bringing him back for this upcoming season. I think they'd be, you know, not wise not to at least have those conversations and see if they can get him back. Green Bay's undervalued the inside linebacker position for far too long. They find a diamond in the rough, and um, you would love to see him back in a Packer uniform in some capacity this upcoming season. Um, that being said, I, you know, just because he's out of town doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to be a Green Bay Packer. And I think maybe, uh, what he, you know, found in Green Bay may want to bring him back. Now, again, he's got an opportunity to make some serious money. So I don't know how the Packers are going to be able to squeeze everybody in under the salary cap. And Russ Ball is probably pulling his hair out right now, trying to, with his pencil and eraser, trying to figure out how all this is going to work. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure, They've had contingency plans for a long time now of the millions of different ways, you know, sort of, you know, Dr. Strange in uh, Infinity War, where his head's bouncing all the way around with the infinite uh, possibilities of what could happen this season uh, for the Packers. But um, they have contingency plans. I guarantee they have a plan that they want to execute. If Rodgers is back, I'm sure they have a plan that they want to execute if he isn't back and all the different ways that that could possibly go. So um, this isn't something that all of a sudden the end of the season happened and they're like, Oh crap! Now what? Right? Like they've been planning for these things for 
uh, a long time now, far longer than we've ever even contemplated these sort of discussions. So uh, I guarantee you they have a plan. And, and while you know the last few years, what I've kind of said about Goody and Russ Ball is for the, the most part, especially Goody, the last few years have been sort of um, the, the fun years, right? It's, it's sort of the easy years. You get to go out and spend a ton of money and bring in free agents like Amos and Smith and Smith and Turner and keep all your guys and, and write, basically write blank checks from future salary caps to go out and try to win a Super Bowl now. Now that those sort of checks have come that you have to, you know, sort of cash them and so on and so forth, like now is the tough time. Now is where Russ Ball and Brian Gutekunst are really going to earn their money. And it's going to be paramount that they find more guys like Razul Douglas and Devondre Campbell where you're not paying them very much money, but uh, they are huge impact players on your team. When do you expect, Aaron Rod, I mean, the uh, thought process is that maybe tomorrow on the return of the Pat McAfee show that Rodgers shows up tomorrow. When do you expect Rodgers to make his decision? Yeah, I would think either tomorrow or the following Tuesday would make some sense. I, I don't, you know, I, I do expect him to potentially make that announcement on Pat McAfee or at least go over the decision in greater detail. Um, I wouldn't expect anything past March 8th, which again would be another Tuesday potentially on McAfee, but I think one of these next two to three Tuesdays would seem to make a ton of sense. It would just give Green Bay uh, a lot more flexibility to be able to make those decisions. You don't want to put it right up until the league year where all of a sudden Green Bay's under the gun to try to get some of those contracts in on time. So I would expect sometime in the next three weeks, but man, I just like we're at the point with Rodgers where really nothing would surprise or shock me at this point, but I think he has been pretty clear that he wants to give Green Bay a decision sooner rather than later and not drag things out. Uh, there is a train of thought that you get rid of Rodgers, you just kind of start over, you bring in a big defense, Jordan Love's going to flourish, and all of a sudden you move on. I am of the ilk of I don't have a belief in Jordan Love. I don't think the team does either. I think that's the reason they're holding on so tight to Aaron Rodgers. And I think you, over the next three to four years, you kind of push the chips to the middle of the table and try to really go for it. Uh, what side of the fence do you fall on? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm fine with either side of the fence as long as it's the far extremes of either side to an extent. I agree with you in the fact that if, if Green Bay felt confident about Jordan Love and what he could do this season and moving forward, like they easily just move on from Rodgers, right? Like they get all of the draft picks, they build up this team, they get out of some of the salary cap situation, and they move forward with their next star quarterback. That's a very easy decision for them. The fact that they've wanted to go so far all in with Aaron Rodgers, not only that last year, but this season as well uh, you know pretty much tells you all you need to know that they probably at least feel that he's not ready this season to come in and compete um that said uh, like i said i could live with either extreme if you want to go and realize you know what we you know we're going to maybe open a window for one more year and you know we don't think that that's maybe going to be enough we've seen this team for three seasons and they only won two playoff games in three years um it's just not good enough we want to rebuild and start over. Okay, fine, but make sure you get the you know the three first round picks plus whatever else you can get for Rodgers now and, and really accelerate that rebuild. Probably not just counting on Jordan Love, maybe bringing in another younger quarterback either via the draft this year, or getting enough draft picks where you could start over with a new guy next year, um, or go all, all in again. Because I think, as you were sort of saying, I think you can make a strong argument that either way, their best chance to win a Super Bowl over the next ten years is probably in 2022 slash 2023 with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. So I can live with either of those extremes. I think if you try to do anything in the middle is where you really get yourself in trouble. 
Yeah, I don't think I would do anything in the middle because I don't think it's going to garner you a championship. And I still look at what went on on Super Bowl Sunday, and you had two really, really strong defenses in the trenches that got after quarterbacks. And I, I still believe, while I really like uh, what Preston Smith did this year, and I still like Rashawn Gary, I, they don't have enough help around Kenny Clark in the trenches. I still think that's an area of concern. Do you? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And I think the biggest thing is, as you mentioned, pressure is king right now. Um, the more pressure that you can get on the quarterback, the better off your odds of winning are. And if you, it's A, paramount that you're protecting the quarterback, and B, that you're getting pressure on the opposing quarterback. Because if the opposing quarterback has time, uh, you know, it doesn't even matter. Right? If it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford, it doesn't matter. If you give them time, they're going to find ways to succeed. And it doesn't matter on the flip side. If you're Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, and guys are constantly after you, it's going to make it a really tough day. And, and the teams that can get after the quarterback and protect their quarterback are the ones that are going to have a real chance come February. Great stuff, man. I know you got to run, but I appreciate your time. And uh, we will talk again soon when all these announcements and all these signings and all these things begin to matriculate, okay? Can't wait. Thanks so much, Bill. Thanks, Andy. Talk to you soon. Andy Herman, Packaday Podcast. Find his stuff at Andy Herman over there on uh, on twitter as well at andy herman nfl at andy herman nfl you can find his stuff there hey uh, our friends over at the water doctors uh we've got uh, john atley and the whole crew they're out in waukesha they they service many different areas but uh, the Connecticut system i was asked by a woman who was actually at uh, four seasons and we were talking about the pool water and all that kind of stuff because their pool water is salt water and they were asking about water softeners and stuff and she said you're the guy that talks about it. i said yes i am i said i love my system Love the Connecticut system. It is, and I've had others. It's not like I haven't had others. I love the Connecticut system. It is the best water softening system out there. John Atley and the Water Doctors in Waukesha, they've got it. They also support veterans, and they really want to do help out the, uh, the Custom Canine service, service Dog Academy along the way. You can donate to that, or you can just check out for a great water softening system. Go to H2, the letter O, doctors.com. That's H2, the letter O, doctors.com. Or call John and the gang directly, 262 262- 549-7733, 262-549-7733. Great people at the Water Doctors out there in Waukesha. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. How odd is it that I got to give you this story? The decision in Medina Spirit. Remember that? The horse, Bob Baffert? And Medina Spirit won the Kentucky Derby last year, and the horse died after a training run in in, uh, Santa Anita this past December. Well, the medicine given to Medina Spirit has now stripped the 2021 Kentucky Derby winner and his trainer, Bob Baffert, of the title, and Baffert has since been suspended. The Kentucky Horse Racing Commission announced today that Medina Spirit disqualified. The official winner is now Mandolin, or Mandaloon. Uh, that means for the second time in three years, uh, uh, the second time in Derby history, that the first horse to cross the finish line is not the winner. Medina Spirit's fate as the winner had been in the balance after failing a drug test. And the horse then died in December. Uh, the de- definitive cause of death could not be determined in a necropsy, which a necropsy, as they call it, which is an animal autopsy, in case you didn't know. 
In addition to that, um, Bob Baffert has been suspended for 90 days and was issued a $7,500 fine. Now, the suspension means he has, quote, denied the privileges of all facilities under the jurisdiction of the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. Entry of all horses owned by Mr. Baffert is denied pending transfer to persons acceptable to the stewards. In other words, some of his horses can run, but only if somebody else owns them. According to the ruling, all purse money must be then forfeited and returned to the association. It's going to be redistributed based on the new official order of finish. Baffert is allowed to appeal the decision, but it's unclear at this time if he will. Uh, days after the Kentucky Derby, Medina Spirit found to have 21 picograms of a steroid. Um, it's illegal. Uh, you can't use it. Um, Baffert, in addition to Monday's suspension, Baffert was already suspended by Churchill Downs and barred from entering horses in 2022 and 2023. So he's not even going to be there uh, this coming uh, this coming uh, May. And as noted earlier, it's only the second time in history that this has happened. The first time was in 2019 when Maximum Security was disqualified for making a wide blocking move that interfered with the path of several other horses. That resulted in the uh, the horse Country House, a long shot at the time, taking the win at the Kentucky Derby. So um, there you go. Bob Baffert out at Churchill Downs for the next couple of years. As far as the uh, as far as the Kentucky Derby goes, and Medina Spirit and uh, his name <laughs> lives on for all the wrong reasons. It is what it is, I guess. Uh, the Brewers, by the way, keep uh, this was asked me. Uh, th- this was asked by Super Dave, who said uh, the Brewers keep pushing out these promotional nights. Give me your thoughts if the season is even going to happen. The season's going to happen. I believe that. Uh, I think this week uh, we know that uh, the MLB and MLBPA, they're sitting down. They're going to try to hash this thing out. They don't want to lose. They don't want to push back the start of the regular season. They don't want to lose games. So my assumption is over the next 72 hours, over the next 72 hours, uh, we should probably hear something in regards to Major League Baseball. Uh, Matt Schneidman just reported that the Packers general manager, Brian Gutekunst, will speak to reporters in person at noon at Lambeau Field. If we can carry that, we will. You better believe it. So we will see. If we can carry it, we will. But the Packers general manager, Brian Gutekunst, is going to speak to reporters at noon on Wednesday. So that will happen during the show. So we will be uh, we'll we'll carry that best we can. Just an FYI. Uh, speaking of the NFL, here's another little uh, tidbit: the NFL and the XFL have reached a partnership that's going to focus on creating creating innovation and protecting the health of players. Uh, now, this uh, league is not going to get underway until 2023, of course. And the new owners, uh, Danny Garcia and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. The Redbird Capital Partners, Uh, news of the agreement comes as the revived USFL works towards its launch in April. The deal is non-exclusive and does not prevent either league from working with others moving forward. The NFL and the XFL agreement will give the NFL a Petri dish to experiment with proposed rules. They can test some new equipment, develop prospective officials and coaches, and the XFL president, Russ Brandon, telling this all to ESPN, saying that this will... 
be the Petri dish attempt for the NFL to do other things. Uh, yes, the USFL is also getting ready to come into existence. I don't know. You know, I, I maybe The Rock brings different notes. And by the way, The Rock with the great big announcement of getting the Super Bowl underway and all that kind of stuff and him being a part of the XFL, yes, you kind of knew this was all coming because of his notoriety. But I wonder if that's going to be enough to keep that league viable. Um, we all love football, but we love NFL football, let's be honest. College football and NFL football. Uh, NFL reigns supreme. College football comes in a very close second, and after that, everything just kind of matriculates down. We've seen everything come and go. We saw the USFL. We saw Canadian Football League. We saw the XFL. We saw Arena League football. We saw the Lingerie League of football. They thought they could put sex and football together, and we'd all just sit around and drink beer and, and chub out. But it just – it look – it's the NFL, college football, and then everything else just falls by the wayside. Just is what it is. So, hey, by the way, uh, we thought he would not get hired, and he did. Kudos to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And more so Mike Tomlin for taking a shot. But uh, Brian Flores, the uh, the Miami Dolphins, former Miami Dolphins head coach, who was suing the league, is now back in the coaching ranks. He's going to be the uh, defensive assistant and linebackers coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, hiring him. So the guy that many thought was, and let's be honest, I mean, the Roonies aren't going to back away from that. They're the ones that embraced, um, you know, uh, diversity. So they evolved teams. Should look at this and go, okay, if this is true and this guy's not getting a fair opportunity and he's getting blackballed, then we're going to be the team that's going to pick him up. So that might be the best possible fit for Brian Flores for where he's going. And the coach that he's going to be working with. But uh, the former Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores, joins the Pittsburgh Steelers as the defensive assistant and the linebackers coach. So he found himself a job back in the league. So a few tidbits of news when it comes to the NFL. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Dan says the NFL should send a couple of dozen referees under the age of 40 to get their start in the XFL and work their way into the big league. Well, that's kind of what they're going to do. That's kind of what they're going to do. They're going to start looking at some of these other guys. Uh, Brett says, did you see the stuff about uh, the uh, the combine boycott? I did. Um, what the NFL, and for those that don't know what, what this is all about, the NFL has set out a mandate to all participants coming to the combine, all college players coming to the combine, that they are going to be put in a bubble. Here we go again. We're going to put you in a bubble uh, which the rest of the world is seeing declining numbers when it comes to COVID. And we're not seeing the, the, the when it comes to the Omicron variant, the harshness of COVID. It's nowhere near what it was. And you're seeing where it was 800,000 a week for many. Now it's less than 100,000 and it's been declining ever since. And people have already had it. And they're talking about now uh, between over 50% vaccination plus her, uh, her immunity and stuff starting to kick in that this is starting to diminish somewhat. But the NFL wants to put the college players into a bubble and not allow their nutritionists and their trainers and their, their, their coaches, so to speak, uh, those who are training them to go through the combine to be with them. And so the agents have said, you know what? No, we're not going to show up. Have your combine, but nobody's going to be there. Over 180 players and their representation have said, we're not coming to the combine if you're going to put us in a bubble. Think about that. 
a combine that isn't. A bunch of coaches sitting around in an empty stadium. This sucks. You know why? Because we're, we're supposed to make a determination as to whether or not we're going to go to combine because we thought we were, and now it's kind of like, you know, what are we going to go there for? Half of the players don't even want to show. They want to have their own pro day. They want to control it. They don't want to be – they want, don't want to go through a physical over and over and over and over and over again by all these different teams. It's, it's – they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. They want to control their own destiny and control their own surroundings. And then you've got Major League Baseball and the MLBPA. They can't come to an agreement just yet. We're waiting to find out what's going to happen there. So we don't know when and if there's going to be a, an abbreviated spring training or not. So we can't even make travel plans. We want to go to all this stuff. We can't do any of it right now because we don't know what the hell's going on. Everything is in flux. Everything is in flux. So we'll see. But that's what's going on in the NFL world. Uh, Let's do this. We're going to step away. Final segment of the program coming up and uh, some more emails regarding Juwan Howard and whether or not. Now, we know that that. Big Ten and uh, Michigan have both kind of given their opinions of this, but no, nothing official has come out as of yet. We're waiting to hear. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Cunis RV. Go to CunisRV.com. K-U-N-E-S. CunisRV.com. Where they uh, they have uh, just a growing group of brands, man. They've got so much. Jayco, Alliance, Coachman, Catalina, Dutchman, Forest River, Gulfstream, Nexus, Thor, Heartland. They've got it. If you're looking for a motorhome, a fifth wheel, a camper van, travel trailer, Cunis RV, they got you covered. Got you covered. Stop in. They have locations all throughout the great state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders. Just down south in uh, Illinois as well. And the APR, the financing, still not bad. Still not bad. Get in now. They're offering top dollar as well for your trade and consignment also. How about that? The fastest growing RV and camper destination right here in our own backyard. Big or small, Cunis RV consigns it all and they sell it all. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. Good, good stuff. I uh, got an email here from Wayne. Wayne says, uh, Juwan Howard needs to be fired immediately. Why is it taking so long? I it, It's, um, as far as the firing goes, uh, I think you would have liked to have heard something from Michigan before the Big Ten. You know what I mean? I think what they're waiting for is what the Big and I agree with many of you, he is not good. He should be fired. And I believe he should be fired. But I also think he won't be. I have not seen anything come out, uh, breaking headline-wise, uh, to say that uh, that he has been fired. The only statement that Michigan has made is that they're aware, you know, their athletic director, Wade Manuel, said, I'm aware and uh, of and watch the end of our men's basketball game. There's no excuse for any of our staff or student-athletes to get into phys- physical altercation with others, regardless of the instigating factors. I reached out and apologized to Chris McIntosh and to President Coleman. They have reached out to the UW Chancellor, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, 
We will review the situation more thoroughly and work with the Big Ten Conference as they determine their disciplinary actions and will determine if further disciplinary actions are warranted. Go blue. In other words, we're going to wait and see what the Big Ten does, and then we'll make our move. So if the big, they're not going to fire him. He should be. He deserves to be, but he, he probably won't be. Another reason to hate Michigan. Just my point, just my take on it. Just wait till these teams meet in the tournament. Right? Can't wait. Can't wait. I hope Wisconsin beats the hell out of them. This is going to be a rivalry. This is going to be a rivalry now of a different level for a long time. As long as Howard's there, this is going to be a rivalry of a different level for a long time to come. And wait till the next time you've got Wisconsin traveling to Michigan. You're, I mean, if you're Greg Gard now, not only do you have to coach against the team and what they do on the court, you're going to have to coach against everything else. Because you're going to be so concentrating on just having your guys keep your head in the game and don't allow fans, coaches, whomever, to pull your head out of the game. Just stick with what's on the court. That's it. So, it's, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a hell of a game. Yep. That'll be a big-time game. Can't wait for that. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. 877-867-1670. Kevin says, I'm guessing the guard Howard incident is going to be the topic of discussion. Here's my short take. Juwan Howard, Jim Harbaugh, a Michigan tradition. Have a good day. (laughs) Harbaugh Harbaugh gets you irritated. He's the, he's the, he's the, the biggest whiner and instigator there is. But he doesn't, he doesn't get physical. You know what I mean? Harbaugh, we have come to know and love as the, the khaki-panted whiner. The wide receiver that, gloves before the game. Yes, he's the guy that always looks like somebody just punched him in the beans and he doesn't know why. And he's going to cry about it, you know, constantly. You know, I mean, it, anything and everything. He always looks like that. Like, he always looks like, what? 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 How could you possibly do that to me? You know, he always looks like that guy. But Juwan Howard, no. He he looks like he's ready to punch you and just looking for a reason as to why. And now he has. That's the difference between the two. I don't in know. In my opinion. I like Harbaugh. I think he's good for Big Ten football. I think he's great for it. He's because he's the guy you love to hate. Yeah, he's the guy you love to hate. But he's never going to go to the level that that Juwan Howard did. He'll never do that. You know that, right? Yep. He's had opportunity. I mean, we've seen this guy berate officials, get mad at coaches, you know, players, opposing players, fans. We've seen all of that. But he doesn't get. It's almost like he knows it, like he relishes that 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 move. He he just it looks forward to being the khaki panted irritant, you know. Whereas, no, Jawan Howard, I, no, he's he's been an ass. You know, now he may be instigated, but he's that guy that, you know, we know could go off at any second, and now he's proven he has. That's why I said, look, the guy, the guy should be fired. But I love the email. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin's always got something good. This is just another so, divisive topic in the Kenny household. Because my brother is goes to Michigan. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's a problem within itself. Well, I already told my parents that but whenever I am in the same area as them and I could phys- I could see them, not just virtually, I did, right. they, they can't wear Michigan gear. Like, I can't go can't out to a it. football game can't without wearing it. it. Can't do it. But, yeah, the plot can't thickens in the Kenny household. Yeah. yeah, they don't have a lot to hang their hat on right now anyway, to be honest with you. I mean, they, they finally broke through this year, knock off Ohio State. I have a feeling next year they're going to take a beat down of epic proportion. Well, all their assistants left. As well, as, that too. But, as soon as Harbaugh yeah. tried to leave, all of them were like, eh, Josh Gaddis yeah. went to Miami. Talk to you later. Yeah. He didn't do much, uh, his program much favor there. What, well, tomorrow, now we wait, because tomorrow we'll find out about Devontae Adams. We'll know by this time tomorrow what's happening with Juwan Howard in the Big Ten. We'll also uh, hopefully hear maybe, possibly, question mark above my head from Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show tomorrow. We'll hear, we, we could possibly hear from him. Could baseball reach an agreement by sometime tomorrow? Could we hear, like, progress being made through in the baseball ranks? Will the NFL concede? And take out the bubble aspect of the combine? Could we be packing our bags for combine? Could we be getting ready for Arizona? There's so much in the next 24 hours. Really, 20 hours now that could possibly happen. I'm giddy. There you go. Good stuff today. So until we talk 20 hours from now, time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.